Thank you, Hatim. Thank you, Bassam. Uh, thank you, Amal, for uh, sitting with this work a little bit. Uh, I'm really pleased to be here, so thank you for the invitation. Um, so uh, my work um, that I'm working on now is about um, the politics in uh, popular culture in the Arab world. And what I want to share with you today is a little bit of the writing up that I'm doing of a project um, about politics in uh, concerts of Arabic rap over the past 15 years. So that's, uh, that's what I'm working with. And um, OK, so let's get started. So uh, if you are looking at. Um, cultural production, right, in the Arab world, and you're interested in politics at the same time, right, the past seven years or whatever, you have been looking at, as I have been, right, um, uh, things associated with the Arab Spring and its, and its afterlife, right? And there is a very obvious trend in um, the representation of politics and cultural production from the region uh, in this period, which is to talk about resistance, right? So we have a whole slew of uh, media coverage, uh, academic work, um, cur curatorial work, gallery exhibits, uh, concerts, etc., that are interested in how rap, graffiti, performance art, street art, theater, etc., um, help Arabs express resistance, right? And it's usually a specific demographic, right, that is performing this resistance. They are young. They are secular. They are kind of modern, and uh, this group, right, is kind of like sought out as an expression of uh, uh, an authentic political voice, right? Um, so uh, this, this characterization as resistance, I started looking at this carefully, and I started feeling uncomfortable, actually, with how often this performance was, was expected, right? Uh, and I started thinking, oh, like these celebrations of resistance, they don't make me feel like we should be celebrating them. I think we should actually maybe be wary of these celebrations of resistance, right? Uh, and why is that? Why do I think that? Um, well, I think that because there is very little systematic engagement with politics, right? Different politics, right? Uh, in the region, right? A nuanced reading of the emergence of different political voices, right? So we have kind of like a clear black stroke, right? Uh, of terrorism as a political force, right? In the region that, that is that, right? And I think what emerged in the first years of the Arab Spring or first months of the Arab Spring uh, was there was another voice, right? The resistant voice, right? Which was something that, especially in the West, but I'm going to talk about that in a second, we could kind of salvage or resuscitate as a, a new Arab partner, a new Arab street, right? That we might uh, engage with. Um, and my argument is, is that like painting all politics that we don't understand or we don't agree with as terrorism is problematic, so is painting a range of emergent political voices as resistance also problematic, right? Uh, and I think uh, what we have here is a depoliticization of emergent politics in cultural production, right? So there are experimentations with different politics and different political positioning and subjectivities in different forms of cultural production, right? But framing them as resistance ends up stripping out what those politics might be, right? And replacing instead 
liberal and neoliberal ideas of progressive change, right? We are taught to get behind resistance, right? Resistance is something everybody can identify with as a good thing, right? We resist oppression, we resist patriarchy, we resist et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, the problem is, is that in these representations of the musician or the rapper or the graffiti artist as resistance, right, there's very little discussion about what is being resisted and how, right? What are the political strategies that are being developed? Uh, what are the new ways of seeing the world, right? Uh, and, and resistance kind of like flattens, flattens that out. Um, so let me be very clear that I'm talking about uh, a discourse of resistance that I think is pushed into or propagated by uh, mainstream media, cultural institutions, uh, uh, academia, um, uh, the cultural wings of government agencies, right? Um, and uh, this discourse of resistance, right, depoliticizes. I'm, I'm not talking about a whole history of ideas about how to challenge and engage with power, right? And this is exactly the point, actually, is that the discourse of resistance that is being propagated by neoliberal institutions, right, keeps us away from a history of radical ideas of how to engage uh, uh, with power. Um, so, um, so uh, this discourse of resistance, I think, uh, can be related to something I'm calling neoliberal orientalism, right? And I think that the framework of neoliberal orientalism is useful here to understand how this discourse of resistance works, right? Because this framework of the resistor, the cultural, creative, nonviolent, youthful, hybrid, modern Arab youth, right, as resistor, um, uh, exoticizes, right, and um, orientalizes this figure and the places uh, in which they work and call home, right? What do I mean by orientalizes, right? Makes, makes them uh, a kind of a subject of desire, right? A subject, a, a space of exploration, right? Um, uh, so that's what I mean by uh, uh, orientalism here, right? Now, neoliberal orientalism gives us some tools, I think, right, to build on Edward Said's work, right? So the critique often, right, is, is orientalism still applicable in a world where there's no longer a thing that you can essentially call the West, or maybe there never was one, right? And there's, there's no longer, maybe there never was one, a thing that we can essentially call the East, right? So why would we use a framework like orientalism to discuss how the politics in this discourse of resistance functions. And for me, neoliberal orientalism, right, because it reflects the way that neoliberal power works, right, is not attached to the West or the East, right, but attached to the way that neoliberal power moves. So we, by looking at neoliberal orientalism, we can also see how orientalizations of class emerge within the Arab world, right? Or within other parts of the global south, right? So you have, for example, you could say that uh, the interest in uh, Arabic rap, right, in the West has increased over the past few years, right? Because the Arab rapper emerges as an authentic political voice, right? There's more struggle in that rap than there is maybe in, in today's rap in the States, right? Within the region, within each Arab city, right, you have another kind of layer on this, right, where 
the poor or the outside of the city center, the outside of the, of the middle class, right, are also often orientalized as the holders of the more authentic political voice, right? So in Ramallah, right, the middle class is very uh, deferent to the kids of the refugee camps, right? And the of deference to the struggles of families in, in the Gaza Strip, right? It's not a wrong instinct, right, at all, right? But there are ways in which uh, a class, right, and economic uh, assemblages of access, right, are structuring, are structuring how exoticism and orientalism, orientalization of politics and political subjects are working, right? That's what I'm trying to draw attention to. Okay, so what does neoliberal orientalism offer us then, right? Uh, it offers us a way to kind of unseat this West-East binary, right, as a way of understanding how politics uh, is operating, right, uh, in the region. And um, it kind of uh, forces us, I think, to look at uh, who has power and where, right? So it's not just the West that has power and the East that's on the receiving end, right? But there are scales, there are variations in this, right, in every city, in every place, right? So it forces us to identify how the middle class and the upper middle class, right, those Arab curators, those Arab journalists, right, who are also in part part um, can be producing these discourses of resistance, right? How they are implicated also in representational patterns that travel uh, abroad, right? The other thing it allows us to do um, is to uh, kind of, uh, it forces that middle class, right, to identify its own politics, I think, right? So if I, moving forward, like I'm gonna curate an event about the politics in ex-cultural form, right? Uh, and I steer away from a framework of resistance, right? But I want to talk about politics. What might that political conversation look like? Can it be more specific, right? And how can these art institutions and art events, right, academic events, help to further political discourse, right? Uh, instead of limiting them or framing them, putting them in in comfortable frames. And the third thing, I think that looking critically at a discourse of resistance and neoliberal orientalism might help us do, is to rethink perhaps political or reframe political subjectivity in general, okay? This is a, a maybe bigger part of the argument, right? But <clears throat> uh, agency, right? Uh, the discourse of resistance relies on a classic political framework, right? where uh, speech and action, right, signal the performance of agency, right? So you speak in a certain way, you act in a certain way, right? You are performing your political subjectivity, right? You enact agency, you become a political agent, right? So as researchers, right, and ethnographers, and journalists also, right, we end up looking for, right, who has, <laughs> Who has the agency, right? Who is speaking? Who is acting in a way that challenges power, right? Uh, and this, uh, this is what's at play here. So my question for me in my work is, what if I don't look for agency, right? What if I assume, right, that uh, the people I'm speaking with have agency already? What if I assume that, like the people I interact with on a normal basis, right, we all have an equal capacity to uh, affect and be affected, right? Right, as, as a way to kind of like feel and, and be moved by each other, right? What then uh, would politics and cultural production look like, right? If I'm not interested in locating and celebrating agency, right, which requires that these uh, 
Arabs that I select have agency against the backdrop of Arabs I didn't select, right, who remain disempowered, right? What if I, what if I um, start from a different place, right? So, so this is, these are kind of the thoughts that I'm, that I'm thinking about, and Marwan uh, was totally uh, uh, right by, by identifying affect as the way that I want to think through these, right? So instead of an individual political sense of self, right, what do we gain by looking at um, bodies, uh, groups of bodies, right, circuits and blockages of those bodies, right? Uh, how can we conceive of politics, right, an emergent political expression uh, in cultural production if, if we start there? Thank you, Thank you very much.